Hi, and welcome to The Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep-deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the super busy mommy coach. Hello, and welcome to Badass Moms, brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach, and in today's episode, we're going to go over one of the most talked about topics in the media ever, which is what you should be eating. <laughs> we're going to break it down in a way that leaves you with direction and knowing what's important and what to prioritize so that you can filter out all the misinformation and all the red herrings out there that are trying to get you off track so you can buy their supplements and products. Um, let's get into that. There is so much misinformation out there that I see so many people giving up. These are hardworking people who try to do everything right. And they're just like, it must be my genes because I am doing everything I'm supposed to. And I am not seeing results. Whether they want to lose weight, which in our society is mostly the case, or whether they're trying to gain weight, which happens sometimes too. You know, they're just like, I don't know what to eat. You know, they're trying to improve energy. They're trying to gain muscle, whatever the case may be. They are not seeing what they want to see and they think they're doing everything right. And in most cases, they're not. And here's why. A piece of advice that I've received over and over again as a nutrition coach is you can't tell people all the information because they don't want to hear about it. They're not interested. It's too complicated. It's boring. People like to see simple, catchy things. So give them top 10 lists and good food, bad food lists because that's what they want. And you know, it's true. That's what people want. If you give them the choice between something that's more complex or a simple good food, bad food list, they're going to be like, oh, that's easy. Let me take that in most cases, unless you're a total nerd like I am. But that doesn't mean it's effective. And I argue that it's irresponsible to give oversimplified information that could be helpful in a limited way, perhaps, but it can also set people on the wrong track. Um, another reason is that there's all this advice out there, but no one's telling you which pieces of advice are most important, which will get you the biggest results, which is just a tiny little tweak that can kind of help push you over the edge. And so I see people focusing their energy on these tips that are marginal and they're putting so much effort into it. And meanwhile, they don't realize they're sabotaging themselves in other ways. So I'm going to organize all of it for you in a way that will give you a lens through which to view any new nutrition information you see coming in when you're scrolling through social media, browsing YouTube, reading the newspaper, wherever you get your information from. So today we're talking about how to eat for your unique specific body, okay? And this is part one because we can't do this in one episode. There's going to be a part two. Here are your priorities in order. Priority number one, eat the right amounts of healthy foods. Priority number two, eat at the right times. Priority number three, drink plenty of water. Now a disclaimer, that's assuming you're not actually dehydrated. Drink plenty of water. If you're not drinking adequate water, then by all means that goes 
up there with number one, but drinking, you know, plenty of water, make that number three. Number four, eat the right combination of foods at each meal. Now those are in order. Okay. And let me explain what that means. I don't care what time you eat your food if you're eating the wrong foods or you're eating the wrong amounts. So one of the big mistakes I'll see people making is they're like, I have to eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm going to gain weight. And so they force themselves to eat when they're not hungry. And it turns out that they didn't really need that meal and they're eating too much throughout the day, right? So it's eat the right amounts of healthy foods. And the times that you eat can help to support that goal because it can help you to increase or decrease your appetite depending on what you need to do for your goals. Um, Eating at the right times can help with blood sugar regulation, things like that. But if you have a choice between overeating or undereating, (laughs) you always eat the right amounts of food, even if that means eating at the wrong times, right? If you haven't eaten enough in a day, to reach your goals, then yeah, you eat after 10 o'clock. You eat right before bed. Like you do what you have to do to eat the right amount of healthy foods, right? Or eating the right combinations of foods. Like someone who might've had a little bit of an indulgent meal at a social event earlier in the day, then they're like, oh, but I have to have my fat with, and it's like, no, you had enough fat earlier. You can skip the fat at this meal. It's okay, right? So, you know, food combining is not your number one priority. Eating the right amount of healthy foods and you want to do it within a day, but you can compensate the day before, day after. You don't want to necessarily do it like a week later, right? So eating the right amount of healthy foods on average is your top priority. And we're going to dive deep into what that means in this episode. So eating the right amount of healthy foods, you could probably, you could get a master's degree in what that means. It is a complex topic. So we're going to break it down into an overview that you can digest within the next 20 minutes or so. So the first thing is, what are healthy foods? We've already gone over the fact that uh, good food, bad food lists don't work because they're oversimplified. And the reason is that they usually only look at one factor. So if you're looking at caloric density, then some foods like nuts would be really unhealthy. And whereas if you're looking at something like glycemic index how quickly it gets released and it turns into glucose in your blood, then all of a sudden nuts are super health food, right? So it depends what factor you're looking at. And they're usually only looking at one factor. Maybe they're looking at a couple, but they're not taking into account bioindividuality and the needs of our unique bodies for one thing. And they also don't take amount into account, right? So Certain things like extra virgin olive oil is really healthy in the right amounts, but going overboard isn't really the best thing you can do for your body. So good food, bad food lists don't work because they're oversimplified and they don't tell you how much to eat of the various healthy foods that exist in the world, nor do they tell you which ones may be best for your body and which ones maybe don't work as well for you. So then that still leaves us with the question. So if good food, bad food lists aren't good, then how do we know what's healthy to eat? And so I'm going to tell you the general guidelines that apply to everyone. And then I'm going to give you some areas where people vary so that you can experiment a little bit to figure out what works for you. So uh, shout out to my co-host on the Optimizing Human Potential Mind, Body, and Soul podcast, John Kemp. Hi, John. I hope you're listening. He has this acronym JERF, which I am adopting right now. 
Jerf, J-E-R-F, just eat real food. Okay, And what that means is you're eating things that have real ingredients. So things like peppers, rice, whole grain flour, peanuts, soy protein isolate. Does that sound like something that would be in your grandma's cookbook? Probably not. Not real food. Does that mean it'll kill you? No. There's a place for, you know, supplements that may include some soy protein isolate, but we're not going to call that an actual real food. That's overly processed, right? Eating real berries are a real food. Apples are a real food. Broccoli is a real food. Um, some of those bars with, you know, anything that says to preserve freshness, right? That's a preservative in it, not real food. Uh, so you're eating things that you're cooking yourself from scratch, anything you make from scratch, or if you're buying out, has ingredients that you would find in an old grandma's cookbook, okay? Nutrition labels can are pretty much designed to fool you, okay? So I'm going to break it down for you. I don't care about what that box or that bag says except for the ingredients when I'm looking at the health of a food. Okay, only the ingredients tell you if a food is healthy. And they should be jerfy foods. Okay, only the ingredients. I don't care if it's gluten-free, non-GMO, blah, 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 blah. Organic, that's, that's a helpful label, but the ingredients will also usually label the organic ingredients because they like to brag about that. Um, I don't care if it says heart healthy with seven grams of fiber, great source of protein, calcium. I don't care what it says on that box. Lower sugar than regular juice. Great. So they've added water. I don't care, right? All of those things, all of those things you see on the front are made to fool you into thinking the food is healthier than it is in 90% of the cases, okay? The only way to tell if a food is healthy is either there is no nutrition label because it's a fresh piece of produce or a package of grass-fed beef, right? Or you read the ingredients, and it should be all things that you would recognize and that you could buy in the supermarket from yourself. It shouldn't sound like it came from a chemistry book. The nutrition facts. So that's things like calories, grams of fat, grams of protein, percentage of calcium in it, right? That helps you decide how much to eat. That doesn't tell you if a food is healthy. It can have tons of calories and still be a healthy food. It could have lots of sugar, and if it's natural sugar, it could still be a very healthy food, like fruits, right? Um, it could have no protein. It could have tons of protein. It can have no fat. It can have tons of fat. That doesn't tell you if a food is healthy. That just helps you to figure out how much of it to eat and how to make sure you're having a more well-rounded diet with the variety that you need. The only way to know if it's healthy is to read the ingredients. But most of what you're eating should have no ingredients because ideally it'll be mostly homemade food that you're cooking from scratch on your own whenever possible. Your macros and your micros have to be right. So for those of you who aren't super nutrition nerds, macros are macronutrients, carbs, fat, protein. Micros are nutrients that do not supply calories, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and phytonutrients, which is basically a fancy term for really beneficial stuff in plants that we don't know too much about yet, okay? It's phytonutrients. 
So those all have to be right. You have to get the, ver- the right variety in, but those amounts vary with different people. Now, the reason I bring up that both macros and micros are important is because people can get way too fixated on those macros and they're focused on that nutrition label and they end up eating not real foods and then they're missing out on the micros. Let me give you an example. Right, so people are focused on the right amount of calories or the right amount of proteins, okay, or not having too much sugar. So they buy things that say good source of protein, low calorie, low sugar, right? But it's it's all protein shakes and protein bars with all that soy protein isolate and other, you know, you know, isolated pea protein powders that we've done in a lab, whatever the case may be. Um, and again, like in supplements, you know, there, there's a place for all that stuff, but that's not the main part of your diet. Okay. So there, you're having all these processed foods that are low, this low, that high, this high, that. And then meanwhile, people are not eating the fruits, the richly colored fruits and vegetables that they need to get all those micronutrients, those vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and phytonutrients. Uh, and so when you get too stuck on the numbers, you can really make a big mistake there. And so it's very important that you're sticking to jerfy foods <laughs> and that you're paying attention to what the food is made out of instead of numbers, instead of just these macro counts. Now, I'm going to break down for you one example of a generic healthy diet, and this is what I give my clients usually when they first start working with me. And this isn't because this is how they should eat. This is what I give them because I don't know how they should eat yet. So this is like a generic kind of middle of the bell curve starting point. And then based on the way your body responds, you would tweak it in different ways and eventually get to the way of eating that's right for you. But for a lot of people who've been lacking quality direction in what to eat, This is helpful because it tells you what to eat, not what not to eat, right? Where, you know, you cut all the stuff out of your diet and then you're left with like kale and lemon and you're hungry all day. That kind of sucks, right? This tells you what to eat in a typical day, but also is very open-ended so you can fill it in with the types of foods that you actually enjoy. Okay, but again, so you switch. If you, could, if you don't, if you don't have any direction, switch to this, and there's a good chance you'll notice a very big difference right off the bat. But ultimately, your goal is to tweak it to your unique body, and I'll give you some direction in a minute. Here's the generic healthy diet that I start my clients with. If you're looking at your plate, like if you were to take all the food you eat in a day and actually take the physical food and squish it into a pie chart. Your pie chart should look something like this, okay? So you're not measuring, you know, you're not tracking, you're not weighing, okay? None of that. You're literally looking, thinking of it visually, which is as simple as it can possibly get. Don't overcomplicate this. 50% of your pie chart would be fruits and non-starchy vegetables. So non-starchy vegetables are things like leafy greens, peppers, carrots, zucchini, okay, non-starchy vegetables. 10 to 25%, again, the exact range will depend on your body, 10 to 25% would be food from animals. So that includes your 
eggs, meat, poultry, fish, uh, dairy products, that all, shellfish, that is all in that 10 to 25% of your pie chart. 5 to 15% nuts, seeds, and legumes. 10 to 25% would be starchy vegetables or whole grains. Okay, so starchy vegetables are things like potatoes, yucca, taro root, sweet potatoes, yams, corn. Those are starchy vegetables. Okay, and so if you put all of that together, it'll add up to a full pie chart for you. And that's what you should be eating. Think of food from those categories. Nowhere on there does it say crackers, right? Like, <laughs> so unless it's whole grain, that, that doesn't necessarily have to be there. Nowhere does it say goldfish, okay? I don't know why that's become like a parent's go-to healthy snack for kids. That is not a food group, okay? Slash that out of there, okay? Raisins are great. <laughs> um, so yeah, 50% fresh fruits and non-starchy vegetables, 10 to 25% fruit from animals, 5 to 15% nuts, seeds, and legumes, 10 to 25% starchy vegetables or whole grains. Now within that, you want to make sure you're eating a variety of richly colored plant foods. So they say eat the rainbow, do that. Try to have richly colored plant foods of every single color of the rainbow throughout the week. And one to two servings of leafy greens on a daily basis. So now once you're doing that, let's get into the factors that vary according to your body and your lifestyle. And it's important to remember that this will change over time. And so it's important that if you notice something off, you start experimenting again. People vary in whether they do better having a more plant-based diet, like more towards a vegan diet, or if they need more food from animals. And one of the main reasons is that we differ in our abilities to assimilate the protein from plant foods. Protein from animal foods is much easier for our body to digest and assimilate. And depending on your genes, you may have an easier or harder time with it. So while some people will thrive on a vegan diet with all those micronutrients in there, it can give them so much energy. Some people, they're not getting what they need from it and they need those a little bit more food from animals. But again, it's still only going up to about 25%. If you're bodybuilder status, maybe 30%, but you're not having like 50%, like, a, you know, keto cheese and pepperoni wraps for half your day. No, 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 no. Keep those right, right amounts of it. Okay. People vary in their ability to digest grains. The most common sensitivity is gluten. We've all heard of that one. But some people do better overall if they cut out all grains. So no rice, no wheat, even if it is whole wheat, you know, cutting out all that, none of that whole grain pasta or quinoa or anything. Some people do better if they get their starches from starchy vegetables, such as, you know, root vegetables, um, potatoes, corn, things like that. People differ in whether their bodies prefer more raw or more cooked foods. Raw foods have the nutrients more intact, but they can be a little harder for our bodies to assimilate. And so some people do much better with the cooked foods. And you can experiment to see what works best for you. 
FODMAPs, which is an acronym that describes, you know, types of sugars that can be difficult for some people to digest. Um, if you're not sure what it is, you can just Google it and find a list. But if you find yourself gassy or with uncomfortable digestion, it could be because you have trouble digesting FODMAPs. And by cutting them out, you can make your life a lot more comfortable. And then we differ in our food sensitivities and allergies. Allergies are the most extreme cases, and also they're testable with a blood test, whereas sensitivities are more subtle, and it basically just means you feel worse if you eat that food. And it can range, for, symptoms can range anything from digestion to hives, you know, things that happen on your skin, to brain fog, to muscle twitching, anything. Like, it could really be anything. Um, but the most common allergies and sensitivities are from dairy, gluten, soy, corn, shellfish, nuts, eggs, and citrus. So now you have an idea of what are healthy foods, but how do you know how much to eat, right? It's eat the right amounts of healthy foods. How do you know what that is? So let's dive in a little bit. So the first thing, uh, calories. <laughs> there is... Some people say it's all about calories. Some people say calories don't matter and they vilify the calorie counters. And it turns out um, both of them are kind of right. Calories matter, but it's not the end-all be-all. So in a sense, yeah, it's all about calories. If you want to gain weight, you have to consume more calories than you're burning. If you want to lose weight, you have to burn more calories than you consume. And if you want to maintain your weight, then you have to equalize those two parts. But the... Calories burned is where it gets a little bit tricky because that can be manipulated based on your lifestyle and based on what you're eating in a way. So let me dive into that a little bit deeper. So first of all, uh, all the ones that are saying you don't need to worry about calories, all you have to do is eat, eat these foods and eat at these times and blah, 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 intermittent fasting, whatever it may be. Usually the reasons those work, and again, this, this is coming from research. This isn't my personal opinion, right? They've researched this extensively. The reason those work in most cases is because you end up managing your appetite and eating the right amounts of healthy foods, right? So you eat healthy foods, you have less sugar cravings, or you end up eating less. You know, you end up eating the right amounts that your body needs. Or in some of them, you're not actually losing fat. It's false weight loss from water weight that's being let out or from losing your glycogen stores. And then it just comes right back. Uh, so all those fancy diets that say calories don't matter, usually it's because they're manipulating calories or it's not actual fat loss. That's very important to understand. Um, so all of those fancy diets can help you mostly because they get you to eat the right amount of healthy foods. Now here's, here's the tricky part and I want you to hear me out. I'm going to really dive deep here so that you're not left with any questions about this. There are very specific circumstances in which you eat more to lose weight. Most of the time, that's not an issue, but there are very specific certain circumstances. And I want to get into this because those of you who are fitness junkies will, may find yourself in this situation. But also, I want you to understand this so that when you have all of those flashy diets and the headlines that make you want to click out of Facebook and go read the article and blah, 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 this miracle stuff. I want you to understand the science, like where it's actually coming from so that you're not fooled by it. Okay. 
So here are some of those very specific circumstances where eating more can help you lose weight. Workouts can put you in an anabolic state, which means that your body is building and rejuvenating, building muscle, rejuvenating your skin, recreating neural networks, okay? And this process takes a lot of work. And so you're using a lot of calories. And if you're building lean muscle, then your body will burn more calories at rest because muscle takes more energy to maintain even at rest than fat stores do. Okay, so in other words, workouts that put you in this anabolic state, they're raising your metabolism, okay? Your body is working more and therefore burning more calories, which means it's raising your metabolism. If you don't consume enough calories, then your body will not enter this anabolic state. And so in this specific circumstance you might have to eat more calories in order to get into this anabolic state, which will ultimately make you lose weight. Now, most people are eating plenty and will be just fine. Some people who have a very fast metabolism or certain genes or who have really gotten used to watching their calories too much, they've been on low-calorie diets for a while, they might have to eat more in order to get in order to take advantage of this anabolic state which will ultimately increase your metabolism and help you lose weight. Now, I want you to note that this only applies to specific workouts, not necessarily every workout. You have to be working out at a certain intensity that causes your body to you know actually have to adapt to something new. Um so I'll get, in, I'll get more into this in future ep- episodes, but the general tip is that if your workout performance plateaus or declines and you've been varying your workouts appropriately, you've been doing all of that correctly, then you might have to eat more protein or perhaps more calories overall in order to continue progressing, getting fitter, and ultimately get leaner or lose fat if that's what you want to do, Okay. All those other times, you may want to think that you have to eat more to lose weight, but it's probably not true, okay? It's that very specific circumstance. I also want to hit on starvation mode. Oh, I have to eat every two to three hours or I'm going to go into starvation mode. No, you will not, okay? Most people listening to this don't have to worry about eating too few calories. The norms in modern society will have you thinking you're starving yourself way before you actually are. You can fast for a day without entering starvation mode. And you would have to eat so few calories on a regular basis that others would worry about you in order to enter starvation mode from having too few calories on a consistent basis, okay? So for most people listening to this, unless you've really been crash dieting for a long time, like the vast majority of you do not have to worry about starvation mode, okay? You can go for a while without eating. However... You can be eating too much and still be starving your body of the nutrients it needs to perform important functions, right? So this is especially if you're calorie counting and you're not focused on getting the right foods in there, you're only focused on the number, you could be starving your body of the nutrients it needs. And so in this sense, you're not starving, 
But in a sense, your body is sort of in starvation mode because it won't be able to perform the functions it wants to. And so it's going to take the materials you're giving it. It's going to be like, what am I supposed to do with this? And it's going to store it as fat. That's not what you want it to do. You want it to rejuvenate your cells and build muscle and improve your body and you know make you younger, things like that. Um, now, obviously, the biggest problem with not getting the nutrients you need is that your body isn't healing, isn't repairing, isn't rejuvenating itself. You're aging faster. You're losing muscle mass, which will make you weaker when you get older. Slow your metabolism, vicious cycle of weight gain, which tends to be a problem in our society. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like not maintaining your house or car, right? So like if you had someone that you hired to maintain your house or your car and you were sending them like uh, a spatula and, <laughs> you know, a bucket of sand and like stuff that couldn't actually be used to fix the house. It's just going to go into some dump in the backyard and it's not actually, your house is going to age faster. Whereas if you send it hammers and nails and wood and materials and paint, then it'll go to work and actually rejuvenate. And your body kind of works the same day. You have to give it the right tools. Okay. So in a sense, if you're eating enough calories overall, but you're not giving your body the right tools. In a sense, it'll be in starvation mode because it'll just kind of be storing stuff as fat instead of actually performing the function, the maintenance functions, the building functions, and the rejuvenating functions that it wants to, which means that it won't be burning as many calories. And in other words, you are killing your metabolism besides aging faster and damaging your health. So... In that specific circumstance, you can, you don't want to necessarily eat more, but changing the actual foods you're eating, right? You can eat the same amount of calories and lose weight, okay? Because like I said, while it is about that equation, calories in, calories out, when you eat the right food, there's more calories out because your body can perform the functions it wants to. So let me go back and summarize that because I dumped a lot of information on you. And I know this topic can get complex and it can be a little bit annoying and it's definitely not as nice as a good food, bad food list, but I want you to have the right information. Okay, so let's, let's go over that again. Eating for your body, you have certain priorities and your number one priority is to eat the right amount of healthy foods. Everything else supports that goal and you can break all the other rules if it'll mean that you don't eat the right amount of healthy foods. So make sure you eat the right amount of healthy foods first and foremost. So what does that mean? What are healthy foods? Well, healthy foods are jerfy foods, J-E-R-F, just eat real food. The ingredients you would find if you're making something from scratch or going into your grandma's cookbook. If you're getting something that's already prepared, only the ingredients will tell you if a food is healthy and you should ignore everything else on the box or bag. Keep in mind that both macros and micros have to be right, so don't get too fixated on the numbers without the quality of food overall. And you can start with a generic healthy diet and tweak it based on how your body responds. About 50% fresh fruits and non-starchy vegetables, about 10 to 25% food from animals, about 5 to 15% nuts, seeds, and legumes, 10 to 25% starchy vegetables or whole grains. 
Make sure you include a variety of richly colored plant foods from every color of the rainbow and one to two servings of leafy greens per day. Factors that vary according to your body and lifestyle are whether you do better with protein from plants or animals, whether you tolerate grains well, whether your body prefers raw food or cooked food, whether you can digest FODMAPs, and your allergies and sensitivities. And so you can experiment with those factors and tweak them over time to find the perfect diet for your body. Now, how do you know how to eat the right amount of food? Pay attention to how your weight is changing. If you are gaining weight, you're consuming more calories than you're burning. If you're losing weight, you're burning more calories than you're consuming. And if you're maintaining, those are about even. (coughs) Excuse me. However, there are very specific circumstances where you can eat more to lose weight. And that is if you are doing workouts to put your body in an anabolic state. You need to make sure you're eating enough to support those functions. (coughs) Excuse me. And it also applies to starvation mode, which usually isn't a factor, but in a sense, your body can go into starvation mode even if you're having too many calories, if you're not giving it the right nutrients. And so in that case, by switching to the proper nutrients that your body needs, you can have the same amount of calories or even more and lose weight because you're giving your body what it needs to increase function and raise your metabolism. So I really hope that helps. Put it into practice. Take notes. Listen to this again. It is so important. But know that from now on, your number one priority in nutrition is to eat the right amounts of healthy foods. So reach out to me. Let me know what questions you have. Let me know how I can help. Send me, I love when people send me, you know, nutrition labels, pictures of nutrition labels and ask me what I think. I'm happy to help you with that. Uh, Leave your notes in the comments or send me a message. I love getting messages from you guys and I can't wait. Once again, this is Nicole Cruz, Super Busy Mommy Coach. Thank you to the Holistic Therapies Directory for creating this podcast, and I will see you all next time. You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.
You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on.